Okay, so here we are. Another evening with A Course of Love. Uh, this evening we will be continuing in day 37. Last week we read up to 37.11, and that's on page uh, 641 in the original edition and 652 or 3 in the second edition. And it's day 37, A New Idea of God. Everybody have in place? You know where we are? Okay. And reading this evening, we have Lemoyne, Judy, Jessica, Deborah, Reverend Bill, and Gloria. And we'll see who else joins us for the rest of the evening. And so I said that. Now I'm going to ask for us to just relax. Well, before I go, let's just remind, let me remind everyone, you know, to be aware of keeping their phones uh, muted while not speaking or reading. And, of course, you know, uh, being cognizant that when someone is sharing that to step on their toes, allow them to finish. And when we read a paragraph each, uh, we're going to read through we're not going to do a paragraph each. We decided we're going to read through as many paragraphs as we can until we feel maybe it's best to stop. And then the floor would be open to those who would like to share on anything that struck them during the reading that they felt they needed to speak on. Um, that's about it. And then, you know, of course, as we get closer to the closing time, if We'll always leave the floor open for those who have not shared to give them some space to feel comfortable to speak up. Okay, so I gave the reading list. I told you where we're at, the house rules, and now we're going to go forward. And just to kind of settle us in, my usual little, I'll call them settling affirmations, you might call them, just to Quiet our mind, bring our heart and our mind together in stillness, and open our hearts to receive the words we're about to share. We rest in the soothing stillness of the Christ presence and feel the power of divine healing love. Our emotions are calm and our mind and body are revitalized, strengthened, and renewed. And then we take these words into our mind and our heart and know that we rest in the soothing stillness of the Christ presence. Okay. So, here we go. I'm going to start us off with just reading. I'm going to read the first the last two paragraphs from last week so we can refresh our mind to some of the information that we absorbed last week. But there was one part two in 37.6 where he reminds us, relation and union are the way of God, the way of heart and mind, body and soul, 
heaven and earth. God is being in unity and relationship. So are you. And then he goes on to tell us, one of the reasons you have been intent as you have been on your idea of a separate and particular God is that you want to believe that there is a compassionate being in charge of everything, looking out for you, there to help when you are in need. God is God is all compassionate being everywhere, not one being of compassion. In union and relationship, you realize this, and you realize that all compassionate being everywhere, all compassionate being everywhere is a consciousness or beingness that you share. And further, you realize that what is possible is for you to become the one being of compassion that you already are in God. And then you realize that Jesus was being God and was called Jesus Christ because he lived within Christ's consciousness or the compassionate consciousness that you share. You realize that the man, the God, the historical figure who has been called Jesus Christ was not only Jesus, but Christ. Not only Christ, but Jesus. Not separated, but individuated. You realize that the call for the second coming of Christ has sounded, and that, you, and that it is a call to the difference you have already desired while not requiring you to remain separate. Before we get started, let me just ask who's joined us and if they would like to read, like to announce, and will they be reading with us this evening? I turned the tones off. Uh, Mike, the mic is here. Um, I'll pass on oh, I, reading, though. Oh, okay. Thank you. Welcome, Micah. I was going to wait a little bit for morning. Okay, but it's okay. Oh, sorry. Tones no, it's all right. I left them purposely. Just so. Okay. Okay. Well, welcome, Micah. So, again, the reading, we have Lemoyne, Judy, Jessica, Deborah, Reverend Bill and Gloria and Micah listening. So, Lemoyne, would you like to start us off with 3711, please? Okay. All right. Subtract any sum from another, and you will realize that subtraction results in a new number, a remainder, that when added to the previous number, returns it to its original value. Think further of a problem in division that results in something left undivided, something called a remainder. To remain is to continue to exist. It is what is left when parts have been taken away. It is what was not destroyed by the removal of the part. You quote, remain, one in being. You, quote, remain, just as the numbers of simple mathematics remain, one with the whole. 
you have seen yourself as capable of being divisible from that which is your source, but division, like differentiation or individuation, is only possible in union and relationship. Two separate numbers with no relationship, no interaction, no division, and no subtraction simply remain what they are. Thank you. And Judy, 12 and 13. Okay. Let us look for a moment at what and who you have been being and what and who God has been being. You have quite simply been being. The simple truth that you are being makes you one with God who is being. This truth, however, has escaped you. So you have been being the particular self you have known or perceived yourself to be, the self you were defined as at birth, a human being, something you have seen as separate rather than distinct from the divine being who is God. Because you are being, however, and note here that you are being and God is being, and that it is not being said said that either you or God are a being. You have power, the power of being, which is the power of thought, feeling, creating, and perceiving or knowing. Judy, can you read those last two sentences again? Because mine, I don't know, mine read different. Okay. Um, just a minute. I don't know where the sentence starts. Because you are being... Yeah, go ahead. Get right uh, there. Be, uh, because you are being, is that what you want yeah. me to start there? Because you yeah. are being, however, and parentheses, and note here that you are being and God is being, and that it is not being said that either you or God are, quote-unquote, a being, and parentheses. You have power, the power of being, which is the power of thought, feeling, creating, and perceiving, or knowing. Thank you. Thank you. Is that different? Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's good. It's fine. Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> okay, 14. <clears throat> you have known that power only in relationship to the separate reality in which you believe yourself to exist. I'm sorry, I'll start over. You have known that power only in relationship to the separate reality in which you believe yourself to exist. You have exercised that power by making choices as and for your separate self, at times in relationship with loved ones, at times seeing the connectedness of your life with that of others, but even then only on a limited scale. You have often not exercised even this limited power, believing that life just, quote, happens to you, and then responding to what happens. You believe either that you are in complete control of your life or that God or fate have as much control as you do. You may believe yourself, God, and fate to be benevolent, or you may believe that everything, including yourself, works against you. 
you may rely more on your thoughts or more on your feelings. You may see yourself as creative or you may not. You may realize the extent to which your perception of the world shapes your life or you may not. Deborah, 15. Okay, sorry. Um, But more fundamentally than even all of this, you might ask, if you are one in being with God, is it being said that you are being God? That you have been being God even within the limited perimeters of life as you have known it? Carry on, or should I leave it? No, we have a bill. Okay. Unfortunately, this is not what is being said. What is being said is that you are simply being. You are being a feeling, thinking, creating, perceiving human. Being, excuse me, perceiving human being because this is what you believe yourself to be. You may see yourself as a separate human being, having a separate and distinct relationship with God, by which you mean a relationship like no other. And if you see yourself in such a way, then you do have a relationship in separation. It might be somewhat like your relationship with a deceased relative in that you feel a bond, a link between heaven and earth, and even some possibility of communication through prayer or other experiential means. But this is still a relationship in separation between your separate self and the separate and now dead self of the relative. This is not only a relationship and separation, but a perceived relationship only. And only because you do not believe that you can know, truly know, what you do in truth know. You know that you know, but you do not believe that you know because you believe you are separate. And so cannot know anything for certain save that for which you have experiential or scientific proof. As a, sci- as, a se- excuse me, as a separate being unable to know, you have been forced, or so you think, to rely on, quote, external proof. Pass. <coughs> Perception and knowing have been used together here in describing the condition of being because you must be able to perceive in order to be a being. But knowing is also used because you are, as a being, just as capable of knowing as you are of perceiving. In separation, however, the only know can be the self. How could you possibly know anything from which you are separate? 
You can imagine what it means to know another person, to be a tree blowing in the wind, what it will be like to know God. But you cannot know, and your separate being knows of this impossibility. This is why the Course has, has had as its main objective returning you to the true knowing of your true self. A separate being can only truly know himself, yet in knowing yourself, you can come to know what you are, not separate. If you can come to know <clears throat> that, you are se that you are not separate, you can return to union and relationship, and true union and relationship to true individuation and true knowing path. Well, we've come to the bottom of the reading list. If anybody has joined us that would like to join us in reading, announce. Okay, so we'll continue reading. I think we all want, do we agree to read to the end of this chapter? Some of these paragraphs are quite small, so I think it's the better way to go. So we're going to start from the top again. Lemoyne, would you please read 18? Lemoyne, okay. are you? Okay. Certainly you quote-unquote feel like an individuated being, a unique being. You quote-unquote feel love and you feel pain and both feel quite unmistakably like quote your love and your pain and no one else's. You feel like a quote you unquote. This, too, is, quote, who you have been being, because as a being you feel. But here again, you have felt only as a being in separation can feel. You know that despite how often someone says they, quote, know how you feel, unquote, that they really do not. They cannot know because they are not you. You cannot know how another feels because you are not them. You can join in relationship with others who feel similarly and can find great joy in feeling, quote, as if, unquote, someone knows how you feel and who you are. But you have felt doomed to never being known and to never really sharing how you feel. Judy, 19, 20, 21, and do 22. Right, yeah, because okay. then we can break it down. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to okay. the bottom. All right. This is who you have been being, quote who. Now let us talk of God. God is being in unity and relationship with everything. Thus, God knows you. God is one in being with you, 
because you are one aspect of everything. As one being in unity and relationship with everything, God is one with every thought and every feeling. God is one with every creation. God is all-knowing. God is, in short, the collective consciousness. And the collective consciousness is that which links every being with every other being in unity and relationship. This link is very powerful. Where willingness is demonstrated, this link can be moved to be, rather than just a link, a cooperative relationship. This cooperative relationship, access through willingness, could also be called the being that you appeal to when you appeal to God. Knowing, knowing what you are coming to know about the true nature of God should thus not leave you feeling bereft of a God you can feel close to, appeal to, thank and praise. But doing so can also be confusing if it leads to thoughts of God as a particular being. Yet the idea of God as Father, introduced and championed by Jesus Christ, was also created by Jesus Christ. Thus is the power of man and God together, the power of creation. What this is saying is that there is a God the Father to relate to, and that this God the Father does not negate God, nor does God negate God the Father. Jessica? Just 23? Let me see, 23, and then Deborah would be 25 and 26, and then, yeah, and then we can, yeah. Well, so yeah, you, you do 23 and 24? 23 and okay. 24. Okay. God the Father is an idea that was created and thus exists much as other ideas of God were created and thus exist. But this creation, like the creation of Jesus Christ himself, is not all of God, while at the same time it is all of God, just as Jesus was and is all of God. In union and relationship, God is all, and God is differentiated. Jesus the example life used throughout this course was both man and God. He was being in unity and relationship. Being God did not negate his being Jesus, and being Jesus did not negate God being God. Jesus could create God the Father, could create a being consistent with his being, because he was a creator. He was, in short, being in union and relationship. Jesus was all of yeah, 25 and 26. Yeah. Jesus was all of God and God was all of Jesus, while at the same time, each was different or individuated by being in union and relationship. The only real difference that exists or has ever existed between God and man is that man sees different in a way that makes no sense. 
like the faulty ideas of creation that shaped your creation of your separate world spoken of early in this course your quest for differentiation has been caused by your faulty memory of creation to differentiate in union and relationship is to be God in form to give expression to all in quotations that exists in union and relationship through your being Reverend Bill 37 38 and 39 are you there Reverend Bill am I here Hello? Hi, sorry about that. There was a problem with my phone. Um, oh, okay. 37, 37 38, 38, 37, 28, and you have seen this as being separate, or at most being a part of God, as if you are a drop of water in the ocean. And in this example, re-emphasize the mightiness of God and the lowliness of man. The part of God you have been seeing, excuse me, the part of God you have been being is being. You have been a feeling, thinking, creating, perceiving, being. The, quote, part of God you have not been being is union. Remember, God is being in union and relationship. That is what God is. God is being. God is relationship. God is union. Holy relationship is relationship with the Christ in you, the bridge to unity. Like heart, mind, and body is to your form, being union, relationship, and... Excuse me, let me start all over. Like being heart, mind, and body is to your form, being union and relationship is to God's Cody, you have been and you have been being in relationship because you could not be otherwise, but you have not been being in union. The divineness of your being is most revelated in relationship. The divineness of your being is most revealed when you cooperatively join one another or even with yourself. When you cooperatively join, you move the particular self aside and sometimes glimpse the divine being and relationship, but because you have so clung to separation, you have really until recent, recently, glimpses of union. 
You want to read the next one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Glimpses of being you are being when you are in unity and relationship has been offered to everyone. They have been afforded by willingness. They come from observation of self and they come from observation of the others. They come from from what you are willing to observe. They become more than glimpses on only when they become what you are willing to be. Let me read it again. They become more than glimpses only when they become what you are willing to be. Yeah. Thank you all. We read quite a bit. Quite a bit to take in, absorb, understand, truly. God the Father is an idea that was created and thus exists much as other ideas of God were created and thus exist. But this creation, like the creation of Jesus Christ himself, is not all of God, while at the same time it is not all of God, just as Jesus was and is all of God. But in union and relationship, God is all and God is differentiated. It's in union and relationship. So, the floor is open. We've read quite a bit. So, bring it on. So, this is Reverend Bill. In Paul, in the statement that you just said, <clears throat> God, Jesus was being, being God. What I'm getting from this is that he is being good, being God because he knows he is being God, but he is also willing. His willingness got him to the point where he was willing to know that. Is that what others get from that? <clears throat> I guess I'm asking that because um, the last sentence that Gloria read included the statement, "What you are when you what you are they become what you are willing to be." That that's the case for each one of us. I'm complete. Um, yeah, uh, thank you. Well, I, I agree with you. I agree. So I, yeah, I agree too. I think that is that's what I'm getting out of some of that is that we, you know, it's kind of like it says in the in the Course in Miracles um, about wanting to see, wanting to see, and he's saying there'll be more than glimpses if if you are willing for them to be more when you when you're willing to see more and uh, I'm sorry only when the glimpses become what you are willing to be yeah so I'm just saying I agree with you thanks (laughs) I do too this is Deborah and by when this kind of thing happens though I I don't know what to do with it because 
it's like this full experience, but does the other person actually understand what I would be saying if I spoke aloud about it? So I don't, I wouldn't know how to fit that in, and I have had glimpses that um, I kind of, that kind of magnified or stretched a bit, but I never, I, where I have never said anything to the other person, but it was to me so obvious. So I, I don't know what, what I would do with that after reading this, if I would approach it or not, or I mean verbally with, with the person I'm interacting with because we're part of the, both part of the unity that was happening. So I'm complete. Yeah, thanks, Deborah. I, I agree with yeah. that. I Thank do. You it, it makes perfect sense. I've thought about the same thing myself. In fact, I think it's mentioned somewhere in A Course of Love that unless there is a whole group of us that can sustain Christ consciousness. It'll be pretty much like it was in the time of Jesus, where he was pretty much the only one with, you know, maybe a handful of others who could sustain it. But unless a whole bunch of us can sustain it, it will still continue to come in glimpses. I think we do need each other in order to sustain this. That's just my feeling on it. This is Judy, so I'm complete. Mm. Well, I want to get back to the question you asked about that Jesus is willing. Jesus and God, if that relationship goes beyond the relationship where I, I don't think that word willing, it's more like an opening and accepting the truth. We will. But Jesus just, he's, how can I say this and make clear in my head? So, but this creation, like the creation of Jesus Christ, I mean, Jesus Christ and God are one. The, you know, the Trinity, right? They, that was the beginning of it all. God created Jesus as himself. That sounds very elementary, but that's the only way I can kind of describe it. It wasn't, we as souls are willing to join. That word willing, it just, maybe I'm just not hearing your question right. I mean, I know what you said, they become more the glimpses than they become what you are willing to be. Us, God's other creations. Maybe it's the same thing. I don't know. No matter just the semantics of these words. Well, thanks, Paula. See, yeah. yeah. I don't see Jesus Christ different than God. God no. In, in, no. In, in union and relationship, God is all and God is, in, is differentiated. Different, differentiated. Maybe it is all. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> we might recall. Yeah, we might recall how much emphasis there was on the word knowing, in in what we had read in previous paragraphs, mm-hmm. and and what I get from this, Jesus knew. 
the Father and I are one. And um, as to the matter of willing and uh, our willingness, recognize that I recognize that that word willing includes the the first syllable will, that being our will to have something or to be something. And I, I, I just celebrate going back to the beginning of A Course in Miracles, where we first began hearing about a little willingness that speaks to this. So looking at all that, I recognize now that it's my will to be here in, in this, this body or, or living in this state, uh, a different state of awareness, yet being within this or living within this body at this point. That obviously is my will at this point. And I foresee an instant of truly knowing, truly accepting, knowing God. It's a guarantee for all of us, I'd say. Thank you. I'm complete. Yeah. When, we're, when, when we're willing. Yeah, thanks, Bill. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Bill. I absolutely, this is Judy. I absolutely agree with, with what you just said. Absolutely. I don't know um, about anybody. I just know that I've read an awful lot about the history of Jesus. And I do know from what I have understood <clears throat> is that this just didn't come to him in a flash. He basically, like the rest of human beings, had to become willing. And he did. He is the example. It's not that he didn't go through his struggles like we do. He did. He overcame them. And that's you know, one of the bigger differences between Jesus and ourselves. Mm, thank you for that. Jim. I want to say a lot. I, you know, I just I want to say a lot more on this. Uh, I just don't know. I just don't know how to. All I know is that um, all we're being asked to do is no more or no less than Jesus was being asked to do by the God within, and that is have the willingness to know God, have the willingness, <clears throat> or within within me individually, I can hear that. Just have the willingness to know me. Have the willingness to want to know me. How much do you want this? How much do you desire this? How far are you willing to go? What are you willing to give up? Are you willing to give up your baseball games, your football games, your TV, your this, your that, your other thing, going out to lunch and yada, 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 and on and on it goes. Because the more time I spend in silence, and to the best of my understanding, I, I do believe that is how Jesus came to know God was through the silence, through the stillness. And I guess when I ask myself, am I willing to, some days, some moments, I am, certainly. But a large majority, I'm not. So I just have to confront that and face that, that, yeah, sometimes I'm very willing. And most of the time, I'm not. Most of the time, I'm concerned with other things. <clears throat> the laundry or the dishes or, I don't know, whatever. I'm complete for now. Mm. Thank you, Judy. Hey, Paula, I, I agree with what you were saying, too. This is Micah, about uh, Jesus being God. And, and the two quotes from A Way of Mastery that really resonate about what you were sensing is, uh, I'll just read these two quotes. You saw me, 
God as Jeshua as separate from you. So I appeared in the way that you could see me and understand me. And another quote, for Jeshua ben Joseph has been but a guise, a, disgu- a disguise chosen of me to present myself to you because you have required it. And isn't that interesting? It's Thanks, all God speaking. You bet. Hello. I'm here. Yep, you are. Okay. Sorry, I had to jump off for a minute. I have a phone. Micah. Yeah. (laughs) What? You know, because there was a call coming in that was disturbing, and I thought it was, well, anyway. Can you just give me a summary of what you just said? I had to jump off the phone without acknowledging Oh, sure. I'll just read the two quotes again because that's all that's yeah. all it was about was yeah, uh, so God is either. God is talking and he says God is saying you saw me God as Jeshua as separate from you so I appeared in the way that you could see me and understand me and another quote is for Jeshua ben Joseph has been but a guise a disguise chosen of me to present myself to you because you acquired it. Mm-hmm. So Jesus and God are one, just like you said. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Uh this is Judy. I don't I, maybe I'm just not understanding. Um I'm just not understanding. With that last quote, I don't think there's ever been any question about the fact that Jesus and God are one. Right. Okay? Um, That's never been a factor, never been an issue. Well, my take on that is he is saying that he knows that's his truth. He knows that's his reality, and that ultimately it is the it is the reality for all of us. Should we accept that? Okay, and, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and and so this is such a sweet promise for all us, for all of us. Um to recognize, uh, for right now, it's a concept to me that the Father and I are one. And, and that's why I appreciate earlier in this reading tonight, there was so much emphasis on knowing and, and, and pointing out the, 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 the state of knowing that comes about where 
that uh, this is a knowing, not intellectually. This is a knowing that mm-hmm. that is a hundred percent absolute. Um, that I'd say that perhaps I've caught glimpses of it, <laughs> very rarely, but. Uh, uh, this is a, uh, truly a mystical message about knowing contrasted to what we think of in knowing in this world. Like I know how to read. Or, yeah. or uh, I know accounting. Or I know how, how to drive. Okay? Um, <laughs> There's always some degree of uncertainty there. There's some degree that there's more to be added. Whereas what I'm getting when they're speaking of knowing here, it's that knowing is complete. I agree completely with you. No, I agree completely with you. Absolutely. Hi. uh this is this is Amy. Um, is everybody complete, or does somebody else want to finish? Yeah, Amy, for sure. Oh, thank you. Uh, I have just two things to say. One is that what I understood, which was seemed very important from what Michael was quoting, was that God realized that He couldn't be known. I mean, I hope I understand this, that he couldn't be known or seen um, except through his creation of Jesus Christ, who was a human and divine, that we could understand who Jesus was. We couldn't understand who God was in his own estimation. I, at least I, that's what I, I thought was very powerful, that he created a reality in Jesus Christ that humans could understand because he, Jesus was human and divine. And the other issue is this very important issue of knowing. And for me, knowing is not an intellectual position. It's not an intellectual knowledge. It's, it has to go through the heart. If it's not known in the heart, then it's merely words. Um, I, I think there's a union there of heart and mind, and the knowing has to be um, experienced in, on the heart level. Um, I'm complete. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Amy. I agree. Yeah, yeah, well said. Really well said. Yeah. I'm going to take Thank that you. knowing one step further. Yes, it does come from the heart. The knowing is within our soul, the spirit. The spirit knows. Because the spirit is one with God, a Holy Spirit. And it emanates there. It's always been there. But when we chose to come into this human form, we chose to come in as a soul. The soul came in. The soul is the one that's on the journey. And the soul is still seeking and trying to remember the the truth, the the knowing. The knowing has always been there in our spirit. 
spirit, which is one with God. Mm-hmm. So that's how I see it. It's there, and we're still looking for it in our human form, which we have to, the avatar, and I call it an avatar, the body, the form. But the knowing is there. Jesus was created with the knowing like we all are. And he accepted it. it like he just put it so perfect. God had to express himself to Jesus and God is expressing himself to us too. But Jesus became the example for mankind to follow. Yeah. Yes, we're all saying the same thing in our own way. Thank you. I'm complete. Thanks, Paul. It certainly sounds that way. I agree. We're Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Deborah, and what keeps coming back to my mind right now is that in A Course in Miracles, Jesus says, um, you are all my brothers and sisters. He said all brothers. Um, it's just that I woke up faster before you did. That's all. So that when he said that, it kind of, I linked it in with, um, okay, when I have parents and I've got siblings, there's this real connection going on that I'm feeling um, more of until I become more familiar with other people in the world and then realize I can feel real family connection with different people. But it was, it just had this uh, this vibrational sense to it of a, of a, a difference in the sense that um, when I filter it through there, that it is an expansion of my parents in ways that other people aren't. That that could be only bodily, but I don't think it is. And um, I can I feel I can connect more with that idea of that um, we are all of the, the same place Jesus is, and Jesus we accept immediately is is of God. So it's if I'm if I'm his brother, his sister, I'm I'm right there with him. So I I trust in that and then allow that knowing to come through when it comes through. It does have words. It speaks. I don't have to read it someplace. I don't have to have been taught it. And I it just speaks and it will come out in ways that I couldn't repeat. I would look at it and and say later. Who wrote that? If I wrote it down on a piece of paper, I wouldn't be able to connect with it sometimes. So to me, that whole, that is all all embracing. Not that it carries on so solidly, solidly through my life. It, it's been broken up through it, and and um, this is such a help to to connect in all facets of it. So um, yeah, I guess that's what I wanted to say. I'm, I'm complete. I'm really enjoying what you guys are saying. Thank you so much, Deborah. That was just so beautiful. What? That was Deborah. Thank you, Deborah. Didn't I say Deborah? I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> We're all one. I'm, I'm... Oh my God. <laughs> I'm hearing a, a the similar thread or a similar message in in somebody speak in each of the speakings. Um, that, that we can recognize <clears throat> Jesus was not created as a unique individual. 
Jesus or Yeshua and Joseph chose to awaken fully to know God and he is one of us and and that that is as he says right there in the in, in the beginning of a course of miracles what he who he is remains potential in us and that's that's our potential to fully knowing fully awakening to our oneness uh, Jesus is completely one with us uh, he happened to be the way shower that has given us the way to see the way to recognize but 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 I would I'm saying when I'm saying that I'm saying that we each individually in our role in our manner in our choices in our willingness are on that same path thank you I'm complete thank you Bill I agree with you 100% absolutely you, right on perfect that was perfect thank you something has been an idea has just been floating through my mind constantly and I keep just hearing the words our shared consciousness our our shared consciousness we share this consciousness with Jesus it's a state of being in my in my heart and my mind I feel that I experience it as a state of being where I know that I exist within a shared consciousness with everyone I don't want to thank you be my optic I don't want to just simply see through you know just this two degrees I want to be able to experience the entire spectrum the entire continuum in that shared consciousness that we all share we all share anyway that just kind of came up for me so thanks I'm complete beautiful yeah thank you thank you Judy so we all, but we do agree that not only Jesus but us we're all one with God we are yeah. God you know when you read 23 and 24 God you know I, I say God yeah God the Father is the idea. And then we said, Jesus, the example I've used throughout this course was both man and God. He was being in unity and relationship. Being God did not negate his being Jesus. And being Jesus did not negate God being God. Jesus could create God, the Father, could create a being consistent with his being because he was a creator. In short, he was in short being in union and relationship. Jesus was all of God and God was all of Jesus, while at the same time each indifferent and individuated by being in union and relationship. And basically that's us too. Because God mm-hmm. created us. Yeah. So they're not separate. Nobody's separate from God. God is all. Unless I believe that I am. Unless we believe in separation, we're not. When we believe in separation, then 
we don't get it. We're not, we're not awakening and we're not willing to be awakened. And yet I know that when we, that when we know with a sense of certainty who we truly are, and that's what this, this all, all the three books have been about is just establishing the truth of who we really are. Then we know that we are one. Mm-hmm. We know that we are all one. And, and I just had another idea, another thought just crossed my mind saying, we are absolutely dialoguing here. Oh, yeah, just it a <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it comes down to what I need. It's the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. I'm one. The Holy Trinity, yeah. that's the mystery of it. Yeah, yeah and that's what we all, yeah. we all are. We all mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Yeah, all are chosen. I, I think it comes yeah. down to uh, a paragraph 3726, where it says, you know, it's exactly what you were just saying, to differ- differentiate at the bottom of the paragraph, mm-hmm. to di- differentiate in union and relationship. Because, you know, having a feeling of being, uh, like, different, separate, there's a kind of a, uh, an illusory sense of separation of a person in space-time to differentiate in union and relationship is to be God in form. And so whatever, however we're feeling ourselves right now as differentiated, but we're, in, we're starting to sense that we're in union and relationship on the call, especially... Oh, yeah. it's, it's being God, <laughs> mm-hmm. God in form, and then the rest of the sentence to give expression to all that ex- all that exists in union and relationship through your being. Wow, that mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know what to say about that. I, I, suddenly, mm-hmm. I'm exploding into something really big, so I'm going to just be quiet right now. <laughs> and isn't that what we're doing? Oh, <laughs> thanks, Micah. <laughs> That was great. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. You know, I'm going to go back to the beginning of this day where he he started off with day 37, the new idea of God. What we have just done with the previous day, which was who we are in unity and relationship, and he said what we have just done in replacement of an old idea of God with a new idea of God. If you no longer believe in God as a supreme and separate being, why should it be difficult to see that God is being? This is not much different than saying that the most basic truth about you is that you are being. And that's what that paragraph 26 said, Micah. That we are being and that the most basic truth about God is that God is being. And we are being one with God. Being the beingness of us is God. Did I read that right? Did I? It just felt so perfect. I don't know if you read it right, but it yeah, sounded but... right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you, Paula. This is Jessica. I, I just think though that um, what seems to what he seems to be pointing out as a. a an important differentiation is between being and union because in 3727 he says um, 
you know, the whole thing about the part, okay, so halfway through, the part of God you have been being is being. You've been a feeling, thinking, creating, perceiving being. The part of God you have not been being is union. And then uh, we're on in, um, let's see, 3730, he says, you have been being and you have been being in a relationship because you could not be otherwise, but you have not been being in union. So uh, I just hear that and see that as um, a, an important point he's making between the difference between being and union and you know and as you mentioned earlier the glimpses into the truth and the totality is that we have to be willing to observe and to be what we are willing to be so i think what what i feel like we're dialoguing about here is about what union means you know i mean this this section is so rich. <laughs> it's just incredible. And I think Lemoyne was preparing to say something too, which I'd love to hear. Thank you. Lemoyne, are you ready? Beautiful. To speak? Thank you. Before Lemoyne, I want to hold on to that thought that, you know, when you continue on 27, he does go on to say, the part of God you have been is being. You have been being. You have been a feeling, thinking, creating, perceiving being. The part of God you have not been is, is in union. But then he says, remember, God is being in union and relationship. This is what God is. God is being. God is relationship, and God is union. So holy relationship is relationship with the Christ in you, the bridge to unity. And that's what he keeps telling us. It's union and relationship. That makes the being whole. I'm complete. Lemoyne, the floor is yours. Well, I'd, yeah, I'd, I not step on that. <laughs> But that is, that's the wholeness that, that's available in joining mind and heart and wholeheartedness is recognition that at the bottom of all this feeling, thinking, creating, and perceiving, we're a being. And the new idea that makes God God in the sense of being everywhere is to say God is being and all being and therefore center of all of us, and that this is the shift that makes difference, not imply separation, but simply different. And um, if, if uh, it is, a, I don't know, hey, you guys have already like said a lot of things that gone with that gone to the book and quoted and gotten through this thing of knowing where he says, I think he, he both courses would say that we only know in union, you know, that all 
I think Course in Miracles would put it differently in different words, but that it, it's aimed at the same thing. And today's lesson is uh, is appropriate because it starts with my holiness is far beyond my own ability to understand or know. Yet God, my Father, who created it, acknowledges my holiness is His. Our will together understands it, and our will together knows that it is so. So this is speaking of the inner, the full of uh, fullness of inner joining that is allowed by this joining of mind and heart so that the mind, you know, at, at least refers to the heart before it goes off on some wild um, tear and union and remembers that all is one and all being is one and therefore should be able to always look and see a reason to choose union over separation and you know yellow got there <laughs> I think that I, for me I, one thing that came up that I would like where Jesus is in the principles right at the beginning of Course in Miracles which this is something that struck me and struck me and hooked me into this thing where he says uh, he's talking about himself and he says he calls himself Elder Brother Elder Brother is entitled to respect the greater experience and reasonable amount of obedience for his greater wisdom he's also entitled to love because he is a brother and also entitled to devotion if he is devoted. It is only Jesus, Jesus says, it is only my devotion that entitles yours. And then he says, this is the kicker, which I think is correct. He says, there is nothing about me that you cannot attain. I have nothing that does not come from God. The main difference between us as yet is that I have nothing else. And because this leaves me in a state of true holiness, which is only which is only still a potential in you. And yeah, man, like ah, uh, my mind has a gap full of things that seem to insist that I am separate. <laughs> but um it's I think this is this is why you know, he instilled one of the first instruction after a course of love don't seek anymore because, you know, the seeking will turn outside. And the real thing to be thought is that we are one of the and that this is, this is the, the key that unlocks some hope for a little fraction of competitive. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. That was really, really great. Thank you for pulling those things together. And um, I love hearing that part about what Jesus said about the only difference. It's so beautiful. Thanks, Lemoyne. 
Step out again. Yeah, Hi, thanks, Lamont. So I, I was... Oh, sorry. I had, well, this is Amy. I just had this, you know, I truly loved what everyone was saying and Paula about union and in relationship. And it, it, a radical idea just came to mind about being one with God and union and relationship. <clears throat> Is that when Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me, what I felt in my heart, I guess, maybe that he didn't say was, pick up your cross and be me. Um, not just follow me, but if we're in union with both Jesus and God, then we are doing what Jesus appeared to have done. And if we are to pick up our cross and follow, not follow him, but be him, we are experiencing this oneness. And it feels very radical. It feels very inspiring. I I just felt I wanted to share that with you all. Thanks. Mm. Thanks, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. That's beautiful. I have some items to add here, if I may, that uh, I, I guess I'm on a tear tonight. <laughs> but I really appreciate that that last sentence or those sentences there, God is being, God is relationship, God is union. Uh, to me, I remember the line, God is all in all. It's as if to say that those three attributes that are being described there are all totally oneness, and yet they're useful for us in our journey to to discover or to uh, to awaken or to, I guess, more appropriately remember. Um, there are two two items that came up during the course of this discussion uh, in that statement where it says God is relationship I recall uh, don't remember where it is specifically but a while ago we read a paragraph where he said where Jesus is telling us the difference between God and us is that God is in relationship with everything and we are limited in our relationships at, at this point and I'd say that's part of this this uh, being in this state and being on this journey as we are so we have that one distinction and then as we've been finding in um, our rereading of the course of love early on I think this showed up in, uh, yeah, it's like in uh, chapter 5 or chapter 6. He's asking us, he's given us a project. And he says, spend the day declaring, I dedicate myself, I dedicate my thoughts to union.
and the alarm oh. goes off when you say that. <laughs> wow. The alarm goes off. Sure, then it wasn't me. <laughs> Uh, I dedicate my thought to union. I dedicate mm-hmm. my thoughts to union. And I, I see this more clearly now in A Course of Love that throughout this entire book, he's saying right from the beginning, to know yourself, that includes us knowing union. And there's, there's the mantra or the exercise that can be very useful for us in this, but ultimately it's bringing us to seeing these three different attributes given to God all are in effect representing the totality of God, the allness that is, that we are included in. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Reverend Bill. Thanks, Reverend Bill. You know, I I keep looking... But, you know, he says something here so clearly right at the end, you know, when he's talking about relationship and union. And in 31, he says it's so clear. When you, co- you, ha- when you cooperatively join, you move the particular self aside and sometimes glimpse the divine being in relationship. But because you have so clung to separation, you have really, until recently, glimpsed union. That's what it is. That's where we, as long as we believe ourselves separate, we will never know true union. It's, you know, like heart and mind and body is to your form. Being union and relationship is to God's form. You have been, you have been being. You have been being in relationship because you cannot be otherwise but you have not been being in union. And union represents because we still hold on to our separate state. We believe we're separate. And until we, we join completely and let, I love how he says, when you move the particular little self aside, you glimpse, you have a glimpse from time to time of what true union and relationship is. But we still don't know in this world of illusion. It, it just brought it right home to me when I looked at that. But we do get glimpses, and I think we've we touched about, ta- upon that glimpse tonight in our dialogue. We joined in so many ways in union and relationship, stepping aside from our humanness and accepting the knowing we feel within ourselves. I know I feel it, not all the time, and yet I feel my separated state. But it's okay. And then I'll go to your word, Reverend Bill. We're all willing, willing to have that glimpse of union and relationship with God. That's my summation for this night. Beautiful. Thanks, Paula. Thank you, Paula. Can I jump Thank in? Thank you, Paula. Sure. It's Deborah. Jump in, Deborah. I, um, I'm kind of jumping at the bit here. 
Um, I'm really relating to what you are saying, and very recently, it might have been a couple of days ago, might have been a day ago, can't remember the exact time, but I had renewed my commitment to this work, and um, just to make sure that I am still being committed to this work. And um, then I had a weird dream last night, and, and the figure in the dream across the counter in a bank is staring at me through this entire, <laughs> this entire two hours. That we're we've been, or an hour and a half almost, and um, I'm I'm really getting it by what you're saying and by by her staring at me with very firmly and by what I had said to her in the dream, and I'm realizing that I'm dragging a foot and I'm willing to make this commitment. I'm making the commitment again, deepening it, but it's showing me that I'm really dragging a foot here, and then when I look at that closely, I'm realizing, whoa, and the feeling that comes up with it is this little bit of fear sitting there going, do I really want to take the leap in? Do I really want to go all in right now? Like, that is a super commitment. Can I do that? What does that mean? What, what does that mean to me? What is it taking away from me? And so I'm really watching that. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm relaxing into that, I should say, to really get that drift that it's a really important place to be and it's a, it's not going to be easy, I don't think, unless I can really completely get myself out of the way because, I, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a commitment to speaking from the heart in every single situation and I'm not that mature yet. I'm, my dream last night it was I went into a bank to take out $10,000 and the teller looked at me and she said, $10,000, what do you want that for? And I said, what the hell do I have to tell you that for? <laughs> I was a street, street mouth lady. And, and so I pulled back in my dream immediately going to myself, that's not course principles at all. That's not heart principles. It's not love principles okay, how do I phrase this differently to her? And I just kept gradually getting more awake, more awake, more awake into this reality until it, it was just a dream, and, but it won't leave me. It's still that, that teller standing there. I haven't resolved that yet for myself. So it's, it's like telling me the, the work that I've got to engage in. It's not going to be easy in enacting it in my daily days, but it's, I mean, I'm never going to, find the ease in it until I step right into it myself. So I'm, I'm still right on that edge kind of thing. I'm really on that edge. And it's exciting, but it's, it's a commitment. So I'm, I'm, I'm on complete. Thanks. Wow. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Deborah. Wow. There is a wow. Thank you, Deborah. Thank all you guys. Thank all you guys. It's perfect. What we're putting together is just so perfect. It's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Coming down to the wire. Do anyone have some last share before we say goodnight? Here on the East Coast. Because I'm ready to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Have good dreams. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. I, uh, great. Go ahead, Micah. Uh, this is Lemoyne, really. Oh, Lemoyne. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, 
Okay, yeah, I have a short paragraph. Let me read it, okay? From, uh, and it follows on Deborah's experience there of real choice. That <clears throat> This is from Chapter 6, A New Choice in the Fourth Treatise. It says, Paragraph 8, You have the unequaled opportunity now, because you exist in the time of Christ, to directly share Christ consciousness and thus sustain Christ consciousness. You can pass on the inheritance you accept in this fullness of time. In this time of unity, dedicate all thought to unity. Accept no separation. Accept all choices. Thus all are chosen in the fullness of time. Yeah, the one instruction for the mind, dedicate all thought to unity. Thank you, Lemoyne. Where did you, what chapter is that in again? A New Choice in the Fourth Treatise. Okay. That's the Treatise on the New. Excellent. Thank you. It's also earlier in the book as well. I, I don't have it off the top of my head where it is, but somewhere around Chapter 5 in, um, in the A Course of Love, the first book. And there's even a reference that he had mentioned it earlier as well. So... It may take us a couple of years, but sooner or later we get it. We're here to dedicate our thoughts to union. Yeah, yeah. As long as we believe we're separate, we're not going to get it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Shrugging away. You know, I, felt, I really felt the shared the shared consciousness of our group tonight. I really felt it. This is just beautiful. Yeah, me too. When, when like minds come together and join with their hearts, how's that? That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Yeah. And what really well, brought it home to me was that Deborah just shared exactly what I was trying to share, I don't know, maybe a half an hour ago or something, and that's just exactly <laughs> how I was feeling. <laughs> And Debbie, you just put it so clearly. <laughs> and me, I scattered all over the God's bloody place. It's just ridiculous. You just come to me. Be together. Well, you know remember, you and Deborah. Yeah. You and Deborah are one. I know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I was saying. We're all are one. Yeah. But you know what makes it so nice? You know, Jesus tells us so many ways in the Course of Miracles, be happy learners. Laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Be happy learning. And that's what we do. I gotta learn to yeah. laugh then. <laughs> yes. Smile. Yeah. Uh, so my fellow so travelers, true. I'm going to say goodnight. Oh, good night. Good night, everybody. You for showing up. I do appreciate every one of you who show up on these calls on Wednesday night. I feel so much love for all of you. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome, and I appreciate so much you doing this, Paula, pulling it together. Oh my God, that's yes. quite a commitment. It yeah. is, yeah. and I it's appreciate nice. it so much. No, it's good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. A world full of love. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks everyone for giving and receiving. Love to all oh, of you. Mm-hmm. Love right back to all of you. Bye for now.